What's up, guys? How's it going? Um, my I'm, I'm improving by the day Ugh. on antibiotics. Thank goodness. <sighs> Had another dose like an hour ago. So you still feel like shit. I mean, I'm on the road to recovery. I, I'm definitely not. I'm coughing most at night and first thing in the morning. Um, my throat doesn't hurt nearly as bad. I do feel still pretty zapped energy wise. Like when we finished playing video games last night at like 8.15, you left and went to the other room. Like I went right to bed at 8.15, like asleep. Um, So as, as we had shared, Jen is has basketball practice, turning her, her teammates into superstars. So she should be back next week. I know her family is going to be in town for Thanksgiving. So hopefully she's also back on Saturday with us. She may need the, the break from the fam. Yeah. Um, but she did. We want us to relay that we have two new supporters this week. All right. We've got Megan, Small Taco, Megan, and Lane, our newest Taco Supremo. Megan and Lane, thank you so much, everybody. Welcome. We will obviously be skipping the surprise shot this week because we can't do surprise shots without John Bongos. Hey, Brittany. Yeah, but... um, But John's still going to take a shot by himself. Yeah, I'm going to take a shot. Who's... uh, Who really needs it? Like, who needs... Who, like... Whose day could be a little brighter if they see me take a shot and dedicate it to Are you doing... You're not doing a hot shot, are you? No. Because that would make people's day brighter. It's Deserono. (laughs) Oh. Oh, that's... That's, like, the best shot. I, yeah, I know. I mean, I'm not trying to punish myself. I just want a shot. Oh, Brittany says me. She needs it. Uh, she needs it. All right. Well, she she was the first to respond. It would make my month. Oh, my God. What's oh, going on, dude? Well, yeah. Tell shit. us more. Holy shit. All right. Well, John won't sing, but he'll not, take a shot for you. And I am in spirit. Not only will I take a shot for you, Brittany, but I will not make a face while doing it. So, oh, please. if you made a face while take while taking a shot of just Serrano, there would be serious problems. Smooth, man. Well, you take one. I then. can't. I'm on antibiotics. I'm gonna try I my best. I need it to work this time. Try my best not to take or try my best not to make a face. Well, cheers to you, Brittany. I do hope this makes your month. Cheers, Brittany. <laughs> Oh, God, it came up a little bit. (laughs) So tonight we're doing a story that I will perform a backflip if you've heard this story before. Oh, good trivia question, Brandon. Did you just hear me? I said I would do a backflip. Do you even know how to do a backflip? No. Nicole is doing trivia. If you want to, if you want to uh, participate in trivia, you got to be a Taco Supremo. Obviously, this is not for you guys listening now, but for the YouTubers and and whoever listens to this on podcast, support us, patreon.com slash talkmurder or go to talkmurder.com. If you click this little button down here that says join now, you can see all the... Patreon stuff that we're giving away. We're giving away a Joe Kinda homicide photo. We literally, I think we have two more left and one of them is going to Megan or Lane, whichever one mm-hmm. is a uh, Supremo. Lane. We have a rare true crime news photo that you can't buy anywhere else. These are, I mean, you've seen them. They are really rare. True crime comic books, cards, and trivia. Also access to our Discord, all that cool stuff. So I'm super excited. All right, let's... Uh, 
uh, let's start this thing, shall we? Let's do it. Tonight, we're going to July 10th, 1973. I don't think anyone's heard of this story. I would like to say that I'm the first one to cover it. But and while I'm usually correct in saying that, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to let you guys tell me if you've heard of this story. But we are going to uh, Czechoslovakia tonight. But are we going to the Czech Republic or Slovakia? Well, it's nice. Czechoslovakia is no longer. Okay. Well, what year are we going to, Nikwiz? Well, in 1976 it was, but I'm saying today. Well, then obviously we're going to when the story is taking place. And it's not 1976, it's 1973. Sorry. We're going to 1973, July 10th, 1973 in Czechoslovakia, which is now called the Czech Republic. A little bit of trivia here. If you you didn't know why they renamed it the Czech Republic, it's because no one could spell it the way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, We're going to uh, Strassmeyer Square, or about there. So this is in Prague. Prague, the Czech Republic. Okay, yes. What's up, Faith? Hey, Faith. So, Faith, we are going to the Czech Republic tonight, and this is in 1973, July 10th. And literally, I think this is it, y'all. I think that's it right there. You'll see. Now, it looks a lot different from what it did in 1973, obviously, but I think we're on the right street. Mm Mm-hmm. Here, so this is where we're going. It's a dense, densely populated street. And even at the time in the Czech Republic, it was still a densely populated street. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people waiting right here at a tram station, or this would be where the tram station was back in 1973. Who's at a tram station? Who usually gets on the tram in 1973 in the Soviet Union? I mean, public transportation is pretty popular in Europe, though. That's that's correct. So people going to work. What time is this? This is at about a little after 1 p.m. All right, we're along Prague's Defenders of Peace Avenue. Okay, that's what it was called. I don't think it's called this that today. This was during the Soviet Union. Well, I guess we are getting back to the Soviet Union. Yeah, this is <laughs> Yeah, this is back in the USSR. Yeah, a huge truck. This boy right here. Now, it ain't like an Amazon truck today. This is 1973, but this at the time was about the biggest you're going to get for a transport truck right here. Now tell me, would this thing Thing do some damage or not? Yeah, thing would do some major. That's a big truck. It is a big truck. It's a very big truck, and it's all metal, baby. It is all metal. And a little after one p.m. on July tenth, along the Prague's Defenders of Peace Avenue, driving towards Strassmeyer Square, this big old bad boy truck, the Prague RN called the Irinka truck, comes barreling down, barreling down the street. Now this happens, especially with this truck, as you're going to see, this truck is very hard to drive. Not only is it big, but it's also heavy. The brakes are not very good because they're using regular brakes in this huge truck that has a lot of torque and a lot of power. Heavy brakes are needed to stop this thing. Not only that, it is so heavy that the steering wheel, you have to actually use force to keep the steering wheel straight. This big truck is really hard to control. Trucks like this today aren't like it because we have, uh, what's the thing called? Power steering. Mm, Okay. This truck doesn't have power steering and it's huge. So whoever's driving this thing has to struggle, just a normal driver, to keep it on the road because the wheel is... Well, it's like driving down these streets. They're narrow. Exactly. Cobblestone, you know? So very rough. This is obvious. This is not an easy 
area to drive in. And it's city, city driving. Exactly. And this is the the time of day where most the uh, commuters are taking public transport. And this is right at the SRAM station. So this truck that you see comes barreling down the road. And oh my God, what the are the brakes out? What's going on? Is the driver, did he pass out? Did he have a heart attack? But it's okay because he's obviously going to hit this taxi right in front of him and no one's going to be injured. However, as it approaches the taxi, it's almost like the driver intentionally hops it onto the sidewalk. That same sidewalk you saw where all those patrons waiting for the tram station are waiting. Mm -hmm. At this point, there are about 20 people waiting to get on the tram. And all of a sudden they look over and this truck is 10 feet away from them going over 60. And a truck like that there's That's going to do some damage. You can't turn to the right because there's a wall. Yeah. Obviously the building. If you turn to the left, you're in the street, which is probably safer. You definitely can't outrun this thing and you definitely don't want to go towards it. So you your options are very limited. And in that quick of a moment, you most likely just... <gasps> And just Freeze. pray for the best. That truck runs over 18 people. Oof. 18, what up, Oregonian? Oh, what's up, man? 18 people. That truck barrels over 18 people. The truck hits a light pole and obviously it stops. There are corpses still under the truck. It had just barreled down this street. And like I said, this happens because these trucks are, you know, hard to control. The brakes go out. I mean, I've seen videos today where semi-trucks, they lose their brakes. And when they lose their brakes, like they, they're not stopping. You're not stopping that truck. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they, I've seen them like there's videos of them swerving, trying to miss cars or whatever. And they're just waiting for like the, you know, for it to slow down eventually or to go mm -hmm. up a hill or something. This is the scene right here. You see how populated these people people are. Obviously, they're on the ground there. I do have a little better. I have a better picture, but you see how close they were. This is a better picture. Jesus. So they're getting squished. And obviously, this is a black and white kind of an oldie. Here's one for you. Now, why I asked you earlier who would be at the tram station is mostly elderly people. Okay. You see right I here. I guess that, but okay. Now, I think, I think, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I know that, but I can, I don't know. I just think this person right here on this photo is elderly. Just the way she's laying. I know it's really hard to see. We know the fatalities are all elderly people, even though, like I said, 18 people in total were, were hit. So what do you think of this so far? Pretty terrible. Yes. Here's a good photo right here. I mean, you look at the blood. Yeah, that's pretty. You can see the blood. I know it's black and white, but you can see. This is all blood, like down here too. And and you notice it's drag marked. Look, there, there's someone's, I think that's Ooh. someone's head or something under there. Like this is it at the- It could be the hitch. I can't tell, but that is a lot of blood on that but sidewalk. Who, I know, but whoever- who, That's a drag mark. A yeah. drag mark, but whoever it was is under that truck unless he was pulled out because that drag mark goes under the truck. Yeah. And the truck is stationary at this point. Yeah. So, and you see the bodies right here. So, I mean, it's just a whole bunch of them. Look, there are injured people too, like this man injured. I don't think he's dead, but look at this blood, Oof, that's, you know, that's pretty bad. But like I said, it's, you know, accidents happen. Do they though? The truck is stopped. People are gathering around the driver. He must be in some sort of shock state. Oh my God. That's why he's not exiting the vehicle. A cop runs over there, not to arrest this person, but to say, what the hell? What did the brakes go out? <sighs> Shit. Did this happen again? Is did you lose control? Occurrence? Did this, did you lose control? What happened? The first thing the cop notices is there's a woman driving the oh, truck. Oh God, here we go. Oh God. 
Here we go. John's making a story about women drivers. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the end of the story. I hope you guys learned something today. For God's sake, woman, did you fall asleep behind the wheel? One of the officers asks her. No, I didn't fall asleep and the brakes are fine. I drove onto that sidewalk on purpose and it's my revenge on society for the way it treated me throughout my life. The young girl answers. Oh, this is like a youth of today. (laughs) (laughs) It happened in 1973. It's happening in 2023. 50 years later. No shit. Oh my God. (laughs) Well, Shram says, why did she have to leave the kitchen? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh, shit. You said it, not me, because if I would have said it, (laughs) I would have been canceled. (laughs) You you and I both know what you were getting at. So what the hell? She did it on purpose. That can't be right. For the way society has treated me. This is her right here. She looks. How old is she? She is 22. And and life done her rough, right? This is the story of Olga Hepnarova, a truck driving mass murderess. <laughs> murderess. She did this on purpose. Quote, I turned the steering wheel onto the sidewalk where I leveled the steering. I drove onto the sidewalk and ran over people. I maintained the direction of travel of the vehicle along this sidewalk and along the wall until the end. When I ran over all the people who were there, there was free space in front of me and I hit the station post. Then the car stopped. That was all. What more can be said to that? <laughs> That's what she says. Very matter of fact in this. <laughs> um, okay. So so did she know these people? You know, like she's saying she's out for revenge for society. But these were elderly people. Like, what did they do to her? Not that anything justifies it, but I'm trying to understand her logic here. Well, the tricky thing about this story, and like I try to do with all the stories, is understand the logic. Because that's what matters, all right? Everyone knows she did it on purpose, but why'd she do it? Did society really wrong her? Was this a political act? I will tell you, the newspapers at the time, this is during the Soviet Union, the USSR, and Mm -hmm. Big Brother and uh, and censored media ship. This case was not covered locally in the news. That's why you can't find any newspapers about it. Interesting. And if it was covered, it was labeled as a political act because if they said anything else, that would be an act uh, against communism or whatever. So this story is really hard to understand. But the most important fact is her psychology, why she would do this. Perhaps she was wronged and this was a political act. But if you read into her letters, in her journals, you'll see that it wasn't. It was something else. It wasn't a political act against against communism or anything else. It was something deep going on in in her own psyche that caused this. So it's a very interesting case. And yeah, I hope you guys are going to like this. 
So this 21-year-old just ran into a group of people and killed eight. So where do we start with this? Number one, I told you how hard it was to drive that truck. And number two, how did she even get that truck? Was it like her family's? No, it wasn't her family's. But I do think we should start at her family. Okay. And because I think that's the best way we can describe this woman. Friends saw Olga as a freak or a spoiled brat who lives too well. They envied her high-ranking, wealthy parents. At a time when everything had to be set up in queues, the Hepnar family lived as if communism were not there. Interesting. So she's she was born into a wealthy family? But like that's not a thing in communism. I know, but and and all these sort I have all these sources here. The reason I didn't put from this paper is because they're all in Czech and is you can't even pronounce them. So the interesting thing about about like the cues. So I think I've shared this with you guys before. So um, the cues. Yeah, like lines, lines of thing for things. Um, when I was in college, I took a course that forever will like change me. It was politics of Russia. And this was when um, Putin was was prime minister, not president, because he changed the law that made the prime minister more important than the president. And then he changed the terms of presidency because he was like, FDR did it. So why can't I? So it was like during that time, I was a sophomore in college. My professor um, who taught the course lived in Poland in while, while it was in, in communism. So she would kind of explain a couple like really interesting things. Um, I learned a lot in that class. It was awesome. And it was amazing to hear like so this like how it works in communism is like certain things would be available at like f- certain times. So it might be like every couple of months pillows would be available and people would stand in line to get their pillows around the block and around the corner. And who knows whenever like they were, they would have pillows again. Same thing for like jeans or pants or whatever it was. Like it was just, this is what's available right now. Get it, stand in line for it. And everybody gets a pair. That's because it was th- the state actually said, okay, we're going to give this many pillows at oh, this time. Yes. But it, that's not efficient because you don't have a supply and demand type of system. Right. And it was same cost. Like everybody gets the same. Yeah. Didn't matter if you were like there was no rich, poor type, you know, thing. Just really interesting. So you think when that statement said that she and her family lived like communism wasn't a thing? Like, how do you think? What do you think that means? Maybe there was some corruption, you know, going on in in her family that made them have more or they were like government officials or something, maybe. I think you nailed it right on the head. And I was going to talk about this in a minute, but her mother is a dentist. Her mother was a dentist. Interesting. Not only was she a dentist, but she worked for the school, which is a government position. But in the papers, it said a, and this is, I'm quoting from all the papers I read. Now, obviously they're translated to English, but it would always say a school hyphened bribed dentist. So my takeaway from that is she's a dentist and she would get bribed maybe for giving meds out to people or Hmm. something like that. But she was taking bribes and that was a a huge earning uh, revenue for the family. Bribery is rampant in communism because that's the only way you're going to get something. That was like her title, it looked like in all these papers. A school bribed nurse. nurse. Hey, Wolfie, thanks for joining. For uh, those of you who are here, don't forget to, Faith's posted a trivia question in the live chat. Try to answer or Faith gets the point. Um, So 
So yeah. Oh God. It's just like pretty crazy. So if you were ever to travel in those countries, it, like it would be suggested bring a lot of cash because you're going to need to bribe some people. Yeah. Or an AK. That's how I bribed them. Well, you know. <laughs> It's a different option, but yeah. Olga's father was a bank clerk, but more importantly, like I said, the mother, a dentist, a... Well, that's weird because, yeah, so do all professions make the same salary? Pretty much. Huh, that's weird. Father, a bank clerk, and the mother, a school-bribed dentist. (laughs) Because everything is is uh, by the state. So if you think about it, doctors, dentists, they are providing services by the state. Yeah. So they are paid not by, but very different from obviously in the United States where you may pay a lot more money for the best doctor, mm. right? Or the best care, or obviously our healthcare system is flawed for other reasons, but it's like doctors get a salary, not much different than, you know, other salaries. I think they are paid a little bit more um, because of their schooling, but mm. um well, they're not paid by like number of procedures. It's like, eh, doesn't really matter. Who said this? Here's a trivia question for you. A specter is haunting Europe. The specter of communism. Was that Churchill? No. <laughs> All right. So Olga. Well, who was it? It was Karl Marx. Oh. That is a book you should read and put on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, that book is crazy. Her family lived above communism, basically. They had the best food that they can get, and it was bribed, obviously, according to Nicole. But Olga at school, now now this may this may make you say what? But when I was in Bulgaria, me and my brother went to a, a bar, like uh, always, and there's no ID required to get into these bars. So you're sitting by a 60-year-old man and a 13-year-old girl, both doing shots. Like, And they drink young over there. Yeah, it's, it's different over there. So by the time Olga was 11 or 12, she's drinking wine just like everyone else. But she would purposely drink the cheapest wine she could find. She could find. And that was from what she said, because she thought it was a sign of strength if she could drink this disgusting cheap wine and not make a disgruntled face. Kind of like I did <laughs> earlier. That's why I did that. <laughs> Something was wrong with Olga from what the family is saying. But if you look look at what Olga says, something's wrong with the family. They were abusing her. They were hitting her, torturing her mentally, physically. Okay. But yet Olga has a sister that they've done none of this to. The family says Olga has mental problems and none of this happened. But okay. she's saying that it did happen and her whole life was nothing but torment and, and hell. So. Who's right. Hey, Faith, do you want to drop that story request in the, um, drop that trivia question case in the story request? That sounds really good. Sounds really interesting. Interesting. Case where the um, someone shot and killed her kid's molester in the courtroom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? That sounds juicy. We should cover that Did one. Did they present her a medal? <laughs> <laughs> Legit. That sounds awesome. I love those Avengers stories. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So growing up 10, 11 years old, Olga's having these problems and they're manifesting themselves at school. And people don't understand why, because she's living in a family of high status. OK, when she was 12 years old, 12 to 13 years old, she found some pills in the cabinet. Now, remember, her mom's a dentist, bribed dentist, a yeah. bribed dentist. <laughs> so she would have these extra pills available so she can sell 
sell to whoever. But she, Olga, found these pills. They were called Maprobamot. They were a powerful hypnotic, and she took about 10 of them. Oh, dear. Her sister found her unconscious and bleeding out of her mouth. She was rushed to the emergency room by her mother, and her stomach was pumped. This is what the mother said to her when they got back home. My mother told her that in order to kill herself, you have to have strong will, and she certainly doesn't have one. This was another reason to hate the parent, but also herself, because through such words, Olga felt weak, not brave enough, says Mikalina Oslanska, a Polish actress who played the character of Olga in a documentary. Now, living in a bourgeois family, a suicide attempt of your eldest daughter may tarnish the status quo that you're currently living in, right? You're living above everyone else. Mm -hmm. And the state wants it that way. You know, you're an educated dentist. The husband is a bank clerk. The state wants you to be elevated a little bit. But now your daughter, it's it's like the state, the state is basically like, okay, we're giving you all this stuff, but you can't even control your daughter. That's what they're thinking. This could really tarnish the family name. Mm -hmm. It could, it could really jeopardize the good things that they're getting. So in order to mitigate any repercussions of people finding out that Olga tried to kill herself at 13 years old with drugs that weren't even supposed to be at the house, the mother immediately puts her into a private school. It's not a private school. It's more like a runaway home for young girls that can't get it together. Mm -hmm. The psychiatric hospitals were then depressing and more closed compared to today. Olga went there as a very young girl. She was placed among people with serious mental ailments. At that time, depression was not yet diagnosed. So with its hypersensitivity, it went to the place where schizophrenics, schizophrenicians, maniacs, and people with the disorder, also the aggressive ones, lived. It was a tragic experience for her, explains Petra Kazda, who directed the film, I, Olga Apnerov. So now she's 13 years old, living in a home with runaway girls. She doesn't fit in here because she's trying to drink cheap wine to be like them, but they know that she comes from a wealthy family. Her mannerisms are that of a wealthy family background. She doesn't fit in. She said, tells everyone, oh, I ran away because my life is so terrible and I was living in, in torment and abuse, but no one believes her because she comes from, you know, the higher status. Mm. So it's, it's very hard to to figure out this this woman, I will tell you that. She attempted to escape the hospital once by faking a pill overdose. She completely faked it, but she couldn't escape the paramedics once they found out that nothing was in her system. Okay. At the time, these girls in this runaway home, they're living in bays, kind of like an army barracks. They each uh-huh. got their own bunks, but they're living in one single room. So, and there's really not any supervision or at least what needed to be there. So the medics bring her back, throw her back in this bay with all these girls that don't like her anyway. And what do they do? They take her to the shower. And they're going to punish her for what she did because she made it worse on everyone. Everyone gets punished in this communist system. Mass punishment. What one does affects everyone. Mm -hmm. So these other girls, about 10 or 12 of them, drag poor 13-year-old Olga to the shower. They strip her. They tie her hands to the shower head. They beat and rape her. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, these girls are, I mean, you know, they're juveniles, delinquents. That's what they are. With mental problems. Exactly. (laughs) And with bad families. 
somewhere in the time span of Olga living in this facility and hating it, mm-hmm. she did discover that she was, or she, what she thought now, she was a full lesbian. She'll later recant that. A sexologist will later come out and say that Olga Hepra Anova is neither homosexual or heterosexual, but asexual. So not only do you have a 13-year-old girl who has these mental problems, but now she is confused about, is she supposed to like girls or is she supposed to like boys? Or no one. Or no one. And in this home that she was in, she would see, she would see girls hooking up all the time. One psychiatrist would later say that Olga is suffering from Asperger's syndrome. It is thought that Olga may have suffered from Asperger's, plus she had a lot of trouble recognizing emotions of others. So you would think she is a sociopath or something, but I think there was something deeper going on because she didn't, she couldn't connect to anyone. When I saw one psychiatrist say Asperger's, I mean, I don't know much about that disorder, but don't don't they have trouble connecting with, with other people? Like lack of social cues. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Her communication skills were also impaired. So she was very quiet and shy and you would think she was strange especially if you didn't know about any disorders. And this is 1973 in Czechoslovakia. Asperger's was not a thing. They didn't even recognize depression in this time. (laughs) Okay. So much less Asperger's. And that was years later. She also didn't trust people or the world. And that may be because she couldn't connect with anyone. Something was going on. No one will ever know what was going on, but something was going on in her head. Mm -hmm. Something wasn't right. She comes from a good family and her sister is not being abused. Her sister saying that she wasn't abused. Something's going on in her head. She would refer to herself as a, quote, human footstool. The thing to really know about Olga is she was tormented. Maybe not in real life, but to her, it was reality. She was being punished for everything, for everyone's transgressions, for everyone else's sins. She was getting punished, but yet she wasn't, you know? It's just, it was in her mind. Mm -hmm. One psychiatrist said, she may have been schizophrenic, having hallucinations of herself being abused and punished. Like I said, no one would ever know. She would tell psychiatrists later that her parents would always treat her sister better because she believed that herself, Olga Hepernova, was, quote, unloved, ugly, and strange. So she was very woe is, not woe is me, but very... Well, she was depressed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Can you... uh... But she felt like the world was out to get her. Yeah. But she didn't just feel that. She she saw that. Like, that's what she believed was reality, that the world literally was out to get her. And the thing you're going to see is her psychology is, I'm being tormented and there's only one solution, one final solution. And that solution didn't happen when I was 13. And it can't happen because my mom told me I didn't have a strong enough will. So I know that solution can never happen. So now, so, and we're going to get to this in a second. She tried to kill herself at 13. Right. Because that's the final solution. The final solution is her dying, her getting out of this world. You know, like some people just are not happy or just they like when some people that commit suicide or whatever, they just, it's not like they're depressed or they're, you know, trying to get someone to love them. They just don't want to be here anymore. They're not sad or whatever. They just, they feel like they don't belong in this world. So her solution at 13 was to get out of the world. But her mother said she's not 
strong-willed enough, which why would you tell your daughter that? It's crazy. And the mother did admit to saying that. But but also by saying that she didn't attempt make that attempt again. So she like kind of. Because she knew it wouldn't work. But think about it. What's the <clears throat> ultimate, what's her final solution? Think about it. What's her final solution to get out of the world? How do you do that? She can't kill herself because her will's not strong enough. What's the only other way to do that? To have someone else kill her. There you go. It reminds me a lot of this Belgium case we did. His mother kills her kids. Oh. And then. Oh, God, that was an awful one. She begs and begs and begs the court system to put her to death. You remember? The court killed her because that's what she wanted. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. You read more into Olga's story. She just wanted to get out of the world. And she knew she couldn't do it herself because she's got a mental disorder and she firmly believes believes her mother when she says you're not strong-willed enough. So I got to figure out some other way to do it. So that is like truly her goal. Yes. To have someone kill her. Yes. Or to be killed. Exactly. That is a psychology that I found. And once you understand that, you kind of understand the story. She thought she was a human footstool. That's what she said. She was being tormented, even if it was just in her mind, and she wanted to exit the world. That is her ultimate solution. And she has to get out of the world somehow and what she came up with was the only way she can get out of the world is if she was put to death. So to do that, she had to be put on death row or their equivalent to death row, which is like, you know, basically a month later, you're fucking dead. <laughs> you know, they don't fuck around over there. It's not like some of our criminals that stay on death row for 40 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of defeats the purpose, but what yeah. else? But she would tell psychiatrists that she was tortured and abused, that her parents treated her sister better. All the then adult members of our family treated me as if I had been picked up somewhere like a found child. Even my older sister had a negative, rather hostile attitude towards me. That was the beginning of what then continued to the extent that they crippled my soul, Hepnorova later recalled about her childhood. Now, keep in mind, mental illness and stuff like that wasn't a discussed back then. So she may have Asperger's, but to society and even her family, she's just a spoiled brat. Why is she complaining? Mm. You know, you're tormented. What the hell? You got more than anyone else. But that's not how it works. So she herself, Olga, is extremely confused because why is she like this? You know, she's not supposed to be like this. She lived in this imaginary state of always being harmed. However, she knew that there had to be an ending to her story, a final solution that would get her out of this crooked world. She thought back to her mother when she said she didn't have a strong enough will to kill herself, but maybe society would kill her. That was a solution. Suicide by execution. Suicide by execution. I think I termed that. I wrote that in there. I was proud of myself. Can you read what Olga's father said about his daughter? Olga's father testified about his daughter. There's no denying that I didn't get on well with my daughter. I had reservations about her character and behavior. All the contradictions were caused by her stubbornness and determination, testified her father, Antonin. Before the murder of those eight individuals waiting at the bus station, Olga did try to get back at her father. Now, she says her father abused her and beat her, but the family did deny that. However, there was some animosity going on, and it's most likely, in my opinion, that the father left them at an early age. Whatever happened with the mother, they got separated and the father is now living on his own and that, and Olga took that personally, right? Like she does everything else. Oh, this is happening to me because, you know, so she tried to get back at her father and in 1970, three years before she plowed over all those people, she set his house on fire, although it didn't catch. The fire just burnt the front porch, didn't actually catch and no one even thought 
thought it was her. Now, let's talk about the planning here. We talked about her background in psychiatry and stuff like that. She thought a lot about how she would carry out this mass murder. She did want people to remember her. She thought about climbing a tower and shooting, quote, people like ducks, but that wasn't feasible. Where's she going to get a rifle for that? She also thought about derailing a train, but, you know, that's, how would that even work? She was good at one thing in life. I'm talking real good. She was real good at one thing, and that was trucks. When she left her runaway home, she had this intense desire to have her own apartment and a stable lover, a female lover. Unfortunately, that female lover never stayed. Now, she did go through men and women. Neither one stayed. The only job that she could get to get this apartment that she wanted coming from a runaway home and basically having no name attached to her because the family's kind of disowned her is a truck driver. The state gave her the job of a truck driver, which was unheard of for women for obvious reasons. It was unheard of for women, but she took to it and she became excellent. She was an excellent driver, which was unheard of. It was extremely rare. She knew everything about these trucks inside and out. She even performed her own maintenance on them. And I think this is the Asperger's, right? If I may be wrong in saying this, but do not Asperger sufferers, aren't they extremely good at one certain thing? Maybe I'm off saying that, but don't they like <laughs> hyper focus? Don't they hyper focus on one? thing? Um, I mean, they can definitely be really very highly skilled in certain like things that have a lot of attention, require a lot of attention to detail, you know, might not be one thing per se, but. So that's why I'm thinking she may have had that. Now, I'm not a psychiatrist or anything, but she did completely avoid contact with every employee, but she was damn good at these trucks. <laughs> she took to that and she was the best. Her favorite truck was the Prague RN, as I showed you earlier, that big old bad boy. Shram may have a title for you. You, mother trucker. <laughs> That's pretty good. One. Uh, yeah. Or you could do something like, why are you not washing the dishes and cooking me breakfast? What the truck? <laughs> I'm not saying women belong in a kitchen, but my family has told me that for a long time. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I mean, you've been to my grandpa's house. You yes. know, you know how it is. They're, they're old fashioned, man. Mm -hmm. You know, <clears throat> old fashioned. Yes. dude. We, we did talk about your uh, how your grandmother came into this house at, at our wedding. I was like, oh, what a lovely home. When is Nicole moving in? <laughs> yeah. My grandma you said, decorated it so nicely. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what did I say? Uh, in a couple yeah, weeks, probably. Yeah, yeah, I think that's Once she can said. prove herself to me. <laughs> <laughs> if I find she's up to my standards. <laughs> oh, man. When does Nicole move in? <laughs> Uh, this is the truck right here. It was very hard for me to not say anything, but you know, <clears throat> I did. If you knew it was good for I you, you I would, know. I let it ride. You would be quiet and go go make the turkey sandwiches. <laughs> this truck was notoriously hard to master, even by the best drivers. Hence the cop immediately asking this girl if she lost control. What happened? Or the brakes went out. This truck had a an extremely difficult control system. It required both muscle and strength to keep the to keep the steering wheel from turning sharply. And it became even more difficult when changing gears. If you're a listener that don't doesn't know what a manual transmission is. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how to drive a stick? Nope. I mean, like a, a automobile stick? Nope. <laughs> 
Olga was excellent at these trucks. She loved to just take them out and drive all night, even even when she wasn't working. She would have the window down. She would be smoking a cigarette. She loved to be out there on the open road alone. She would turn out the lights and she had one candle on the dashboard. She acquired it from a medical student. It was a human skull. She put it on the dashboard, made a candle out of it and would light her cigarettes and she would just drive all night. She did go through a period of living on the streets and in in her trucks. She would live in these unheated, dingy trailers. She would talk about how bad it was, but then you really look into her situation and you see she was still getting money from her mother. The mother was still giving the daughter money, paying her rent, paying her board, paying for her food, you know? Mm. But she was, Olga still felt tortured, even though she was getting that. She found a small room and went through a string of women lovers, but none stayed after they saw her personality, her true personality. She would push these people away, push away her lovers. I did write that she may have had borderline personality because that's kind of what people with that do. They, They like to push people away, you know. Although she despised her family, she still accepted money from them. Her mother even bought her a car to practice on how to drive so she could become a professional driver and take her driving tests and stuff like that because no one had cars back then. This is what she would say about her little apartment. I was quite often cold in Alesco because the cottage was not, as many predicted, set up for an set up for a permanent stay. And I also had difficulties commuting to work. For example, I missed a train or bus, which caused other inconveniences, which were otherwise more than enough from beginning to end. And Olga Hepernova recalled later. So she would be thinking this was tormenting for her. Most people, you know, would be happy to live out the streets. From 1972 to the killing day on 1970 to the killing day in 1973 was the happiest time in her life because she found a long term girlfriend that understood her more than anyone else. Her name was Miroslav and they were best friends, lovers, best friends. And she was there to the end. Hmm. However, Olga's path was already determined. She already knew the final outcome. She already knew that she wanted to die, that she wanted to get out of this world. And unfortunately, I think that was mental, her mental disorder that made that decision because she, that was the one time she could have lived happy. She was really happy with this girl. The girl was happy with her. That makes me sad that it, that didn't change her mind. Like that there was, she didn't see that there was something worth living for. I don't think it was enough time, you know? And, and honestly, I don't think she could change her mind. I think it was, um, the mental situation going on. Mm. I don't think she she wasn't abused by her family. You don't think so? No, I don't. I think I think she thinks she was. I think she was. Mm. I think in her mind she was. But the sister's not abused. The the father's not even home. The mother's not abusing but her. But she was sent away. But she was sent away. And bad things happened to her there. Yeah, but not by her family. Mm. The girls at the home did terrible things to her, raped her and yeah. beat her, you know? So she was abused there for sure. I'm not saying the family didn't abuse her, but I mean, the sister didn't say anything. She was living at the home too, you know? Yeah. Anyway, so I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe behind closed doors. I don't know. Olga's path was already determined. She sold her little apartment and bought a small car and started living in it. She loved that car, but even that love wouldn't last because this is what her mental disorder told her to do. That's what, uh, that's what you do when you're, you got uh, borderline personality disorder. You throw things that you love away. This was hard about it, you know? Mm. 
And at what, 21, you don't know what that is. You don't know how to control it. You know, that I, that's why I think she may have had also borderline personality disorder because you push a, a lot, you push a lot of people away, a lot of people. And like I, I have it. I was diagnosed. I pushed a lot of people away. But now that I know, like I'm older, I, I know that I'm doing that and I can at least see that. And that helps a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, Knowledge is power, you know? Yeah. So, but at 21, shit, you know, I, I, I feel for her. I really do. I mean, I also feel for the eight she's killed, you know, mm. like I said, I don't think she got true justice because of the system. They yeah. thought this was a political act against communism because mental illness wasn't discussed. I mean, why are you depressed? You live, you grew up in a great family. Hmm. She told- This is communist. This is, you know, communist Soviet. What are you sad about? <laughs> <laughs> Be happy and don't smile. <laughs> yeah. A smile means sex. <laughs> <laughs> She told the judge, given the chance, she would repeat the act again. She had no regrets. She, she had <laughs> no regrets. She, she had no regrets. She convinced that those she killed deserved to die. The story, like I said, was never popular due to anti-press and communism. The officials believed it to be a political act, and it wasn't relabeled until after you know all the mental health and the uh, wall fell down. <laughs> You know, I guess they should build it better. <laughs> build it better. Uh, but let's talk about the killing right quick. Let's talk about what actually happened. July 10th, 1973. This is from Novink, Novinki.cz. Charles V, who lent her the truck, was impressed by your driving. The man checks the condition of the vehicle one last time and then hands it over to the young woman. He also reminds her that the car has been overhauled and the steering needs to be adjusted accordingly at a speed up to 60, he advises the girl. And she says, that's clear. She pays 260 crowns for the rental and 20 crowns for the practice ride. He, She gets into the Arinka as the car was called and drives off, it was shortly before 10 o'clock that morning. Olga Hepra Nova was going to take revenge on the world. Now, it'll be a few hours before she actually does the deed. She's waiting for the busiest times, and she actually goes to a few different places and decides not to go. Before she actually left in the truck, however, she put two letters in separate mailboxes addressed to two different editors of the state paper, and the letter said the same thing, <clears throat> and it was her manifesto, which said, this. I am a loner, a destroyed person, a person destroyed by people. I therefore have a choice to kill myself or to kill others. I choose to avenge my persecutors. It would be too easy to leave this world as an unknown suicide. Society is too indifferent, rightly so. My verdict is I, Olga Hapernova, the victim of your bestiality, sentence you to the penalty, to the death penalty. You know, I try to do the story justice, but it's, it's really crazy. hard to see inside her mind. But the murder day is about a little, it's a little after 1 p.m. She puts those letters in the mailbox. She drives around. She's looking for the most casualties. A little earlier, I also thought I could choose Wincesla Square, but I rejected that because I would attract attention there with the truck even before I did anything, Hepnerova said later. In the end, she decided on Strassmeyer Square. Can you read the next one? The last one. She made another round in the car. On the next approach, without thinking, the gas was pressed with cold blood. Three people were killed on the spot, five on the way to the hospital, another 12 
himself or seriously injured. So Olga was hanged for her crimes on March 12th, 1975. About two years later at the Pankrak prison, she was the last woman to be executed in the Czechoslovakia. She was 24 years old when she was executed. Jeez. This is the truck. I mean, look at that. Look at that damage. That's from hitting people. Jeez. Right? And that's I mean, solid steel. Yeah. I mean, she just drove over the people and just. I found it interesting that she didn't use her own truck that she loved. I did too. You know, I'm glad. I'm, I'm surprised you caught that. Like she destroyed her car. Yeah. By driving it off a cliff. And then she rented a different car, a different truck, but the same one that she's used to driving. That's interesting. That is interesting. I'm, I'm surprised you caught that. But yeah, she did rent the truck, which was, you know, I don't, I don't know. There could have been something uh, like maybe, you know, where she works at the transport station. They have to give her a key every day for the truck. Maybe she was off that. You know, I don't know. I don't know how it is, but she did rent that truck, which I I found interesting too. So Hmm. this is the uh, photo. You see that truck just barreled over all those people. Hmm. I mean- Jeez, it's crazy. So super sad. That is, I, I hope you guys enjoyed it. That's that was a good a, request. Very uh, different story. Well, so I was going to do another story today, but I'm going to do that probably Monday or Tuesday, whenever we record next a story. But it is, it is crazy. And it does encompass different serial killers as well. All right. It's just, it's another story that it's real hard to like get into this guy's mind, you know, hmm. but I am super excited for that. So that's all I got, man. I guess we probably won't do headlines tonight. Maybe we will. If you want to later, we can. Yeah, probably. Good night, you lovely, lovely people. I kind of run this shit.